My favorite one didn't even get nominated for Best Picture, so I'm pissed and don't care. If Beale Street Can Talk was my favorite. Eighth Grade? Oh, actually, you're right. Eighth Grade was my favorite. Actually... If I had one choice for, to, like, a movie to put into Best Picture this year, what's not there, I would probably pick Spider-Man. But Beale Street Can Talk, I think, like, statistically, somebody put up the numbers and it was That's very a... close to getting in instead, but didn't make it. <laughs> which is like... Actually, my favorite was Spider-Man, now that I'm th- doing, putting thought into it. I did promise I would hijack this podcast to talk about James H. and <laughs> You did. Mm-hmm. You want to know something spooky? Do you want to do that before the... <laughs> yeah, do it now. So, I I tweeted at them, and Chelsea liked my tweet. And then right after that, I tweeted about Pet Cemetery. And today, he drops the Pet Cemetery kill count. So, all I'm saying is, <laughs> I think we are soulmates. I, I was watching that at work today. He, I just love him so much. <laughs> Even though he was wrong, though, but I liked it. What were you saying? He was wrong about Pet Cemetery. It's a blast. What did he say? He didn't like it. He seemed like he was having fun with it, but he just kept making fun of the. I my favorite bit in the whole thing was him making fun of the lead actor for being bad. <laughs> Which I guess he's right. When I was watching it, though, all I could think is, "This is the hottest movie dad I've ever seen." Well, you get um. What's his butt? Uncle Ben in the new one. Not Uncle Ben. Did you say what's, what's his, his butt? butt? <laughs> what's his butt? Jason Clark. Yeah, he's not as good. J- as... Jason Clark was was like is is dead Uncle Owen in in Star Wars Episode One, I think, if I'm not mistaken. It's like a weird thing that he did, or it could be the other guy who's <laughs> he was get them mixed up. I get I get him and um. Oh, what's his name? Joel Edgerton mixed up. So yeah, wait. Anything else you want to say about James, James A. Janice? Uh, call me. <laughs> It'd be nice if he listened to this. I am a big There's, fan of his channel. It's very good. They're Survivor fans, too. Well, there we go. He should come on the show. and We could talk about horror movies and Survivor. I would not be able to speak. We could we can talk about the weird end few minutes of this uh, episode. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna rattle off some potential names for this episode. Alrighty. Okay. All right. Uh, one, get reamed. Uh, two, uh, redem- re- redemption island. Uh, three. Um. Ah oh, shit! I ran out. Somebody go. Someone name another one. Um. Well. You- <laughs> Reams of books. <laughs> Fuck. Ream to extinction. <laughs> Ream one day. Um, Cause her name her last name is Daily. But it was only one day. <laughs> Ream one a day. <laughs> one a day for men. <laughs> uh last call with Ream Daily. <laughs> <laughs> um Cream. <laughs> I hate that one. Get creamed. Get... Oh. You got creamed. Why, why did it become creamed? Reem re- gets creamed. You got reamed. Is that better? <laughs> oh my god. Off to a Down for a reaming? Yes. I want to start with a sing-along.
Okay. A sing along. Yeah. Are you guys ready? I I don't know. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm on the edge of extinction. Of extinction. And I'm waiting on the island for you. I'm on the edge. Go. The edge. The edge. Of extinction. And I'm hanging on this moment with you. I'm I'm running out of rice with you. <laughs> I'm hanging on to the ream. <laughs> oh. I'm reaming on the edge with you. Hanging on hanging on to a ream. <laughs> Don't stop reaming. 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 <laughs> no. Um, to ream the impossible ream. <laughs> I reamed a ream of time gone there by. There we go. <laughs> I ream of genie. <laughs> Welcome to Snuffed Edge of Extinction, uh, the season premiere episode where we talk about the season premiere. My name is Tyler. I'm Lauren. And I'm Quinn. And we're we're coming at you uh, to talk about this first episode of the uh, was a real ream fest. <laughs> Sorry, Lord keeps yanking out my earphones. Why? <laughs> I don't know why. It was an accident. <laughs> We're kind of in a weird setup. And for We're both lounging <laughs> on a bed. This is a this is a fun uh, this is one of those fun episodes where Quinn and Lauren get to be together and, and I'm just off on my own and they they have much more fun than I do. Woo! You guys, well, it's most of the time that's no because because you guys you guys have fun together. Lauren just makes <laughs> me nice to me the whole time. Because <laughs> you took the hot one from me. Lauren Tyler. just silently seems when we record. <laughs> I'm it's sorry, so Lauren. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, the hot one did not you contribute convince yourself. much to this episode. <laughs> so, um, speak for yourself. <laughs> he contributed something. <laughs> I, I was trying to convince myself that I was satisfied with Eric being the hot one on my team, but then I saw more of Chris, and I was like, well, never I mind. Think, <laughs> I think Eric is, uh, as, as far as hotness goes, Eric seems pretty okay. Based on episode if one. If Chris wasn't there, sure. though, then it would just be... Then it would be Eric. Then it would be Joe. <laughs> it would be War Dog. Okay, <laughs> okay, let's rank Let's rank the, the men on this season from Hotness. Which, or are we, do, is Chris Underwood the number one it's overall? Rick. Or <laughs> It's no, the Chris, Kool-Aid man. Chris is number one. Chris is number one. Then Rick. Then... You get you, you can't count out personality, okay. Tyler. So Ron too. Uh, I love Ron Clark. <laughs> I'm a big fan. We should get into like a more substantial thing instead of doing this this weird, honestly I, I, disgusting I, and sexist thing that I've started doing. And I apologize. This is all my fault. <laughs> I'm the one. I'm the one out here trying yeah. to rank all the men. Tyler, men are people. They're not objects. <laughs> Yeah, what's next? You're going to pick your team based on who's attracted, yeah. Tyler? That was bad of me to do. What, you're going to you're base your whole character <laughs> on your podcast? <laughs> About it? 
<laughs> so we're here to talk about um, episode one of Edge of Extinction. It smells like success. I have Who no idea. We, <laughs> smells like rain. <laughs> we forgot to do, do that poll. <gasps> too. Like I was Reem just spirit. about to say he smells like rain spirit. That's such a good one. Teen this spirit. is gonna be. The, this oh, is gonna... I thought it was teen. Uh, never mind. Or just smells like Teen Spirit. I don't know why, but it just totally went over my head. Even though I do know yeah. that song. Um, we're, we're, I have no idea who said this. I totally missed it. We got to pay attention for next week, though. What next week seems like a much more dramatic uh, title, but we'll get to that later. Did you guys know that this is the five hundred and fifty fifth episode of Survivor? <laughs> oh, I can't wait till six six six. Close. We're like probably not too far off from that, right? Three more years, two more years. Yeah, just hundred eleven more. Yeah, they do two episodes a year. So they don't come up sooner than you think. Um. Okay, we gotta we gotta get into the format here. So, um, we we don't have to. I guess we could just have some kind of What's weird format, jazz version first, of a Survivor first, podcast. But first, we need to update. Uh, the fans that you owe me ten dollars. Okay, let's Why? talk about this. So, um, it was revealed on the Mass Singer this week. Oh yeah, that, spoilers for the Mass Singer, by the way, if you're behind. That Joey Fatone was the one behind the rapid, which I believe last week I said. Like I oh, said, so, I said oh, very, so very emphatically that it was, it was not him. Emphatically, I said it is not Joey <laughs> Fatone, but I was incorrect. I will say, I I am <laughs> a little upset to say that. I did see I kept saying to myself they're just oh they're just tricking me with it with these hints that it might be Joey Fatone but there was one hint in the final episode before he even performed that I I lied to myself and I was like this is just another one of their tricks to make me think it's Joey Fatone <laughs> except the reference was such a fucking deep cut that there was no way that they thought that would trick anybody and it was just me trying to make myself feel better but it was in his clue package they, he was at a campsite and he said, well, I, we go, we like the trap, we go trash in the camp or something like that. And I went, oh no, the, trash in the camp is a song from Tarzan and NSYNC did a cover of it when Tarzan came out. And I literally Wait, thought that to really? myself. And I went, no, this is my dumbass was trying to convince myself so much that it wasn't Joey Fatone. And I went, no, no this hey. is just them trying to misdirect me. It could have been Rosie well, O'Donnell. Was first I was like, oh, is it Rosie O'Donnell? She sang on that track. And I went, no, that's fucking ridiculous. It has to be that it was NSYNC who did the cover of it because they, they did. And I knew it. And I just kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to say anything. Wait. There aren't lyrics in Trashing uh, the Camp, da, 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 right? Oh, yeah. The Instinct did it. You can look it up. Instinct did a cover. There's an Instinct cover? In fact, you can listen to this week's episode of Punch Up the Jam where they, coincidentally enough, bring it up for some reason. Ty, you're forgetting about the the smoking gun clue, which was... When he was talking about how he has worn mascot helmets before. Okay, so this is an, inter let's this is not an interesting forget. detail, Lauren. I would like you to explain this to let's, Quinn. Let's not forget the time where he showed up at a Youngstown Phantoms hockey game. Accompanied by who? Who was he accompanied the by? <laughs> accompanied by Guy Fieri. 
Yep. Yeah, because he was on Rachel and Guy's Celebrity Cook Off. This was before that. <laughs> this was a long time ago. Specifically, it was Guy Fieri was at the. Phantom I don't even think. That, I think was it still was it the Phantoms or was it Steelhound still? I don't even remember how long ago this was. No, it was Phantoms. It was Phantoms because he was wearing. Tyler, we were there. <laughs> he was wearing the Phantoms, uh, or the Guy Fieri was visiting the Phantoms, and they, I, I think it was right after they switched to Phantoms, because they were unveiling the new Sparky. mascot. And so they were like, Sparky, who's a you dragon? Know, the Phantom. The Phantom. <laughs> Sparky the Phantom. So he's a, he's like a purple dragon, and they're like, oh, yay, we have this mascot. And then they roll him, he skates out. And we're like, yay, we have this mascot. And then he's like, oh, let's see who it is. And it was Joey fucking Fatone. <laughs> but Joey Fatone and Guy Fieri were advertised for the game lord. That is why we went. <laughs> but now, but it is canon that Joey Fatone is Sparky. It is canon to me times. that when he said that he had experience wearing masks before, that he the only time he had ever worn a mask before was... Was it was in Youngstown, Ohio? That's why. Okay, why were they there? I don't know. There was no good reason for it. I have no idea to this day why. Honestly, I th- I think it might they have didn't been seem... like recently after Guy Fieri won uh, Next Food Network star. It might it have was... been right around the like. Oh, so early Guy Fieri? No, because uh, I no. Or sorry, I think, Fieri. I think around this time, I don't. I think Joey Fatone was why we. Went. No, both of them were advertised for it. We were excited for both because we I still think, liked Guy Fieri the... at the time. He, he wasn't was, insufferable he wasn't yet. <laughs> do you do you not like Joe? I almost said no, Joe. Like I said, Guy Fieri it's not that now. I don't like him is that he is insufferable. <laughs> He's just a lot all the time. But back then, and he wasn't prize. around much, so he wasn't he wasn't a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's fair. Even though oh you're fucking God. wrong. But if you if you go to the store and you see. Uh, Guy Fieri branded food. You go look in the back and mm-hmm. see where it was made, and it is made here. And yeah, specifically uh, Boardman, exactly the from? place where we live. No, there's a. It used to be like Giarusso. It is technically Giarusso, but they have like no. a they have a um facility here that makes their their stuff so all this salsa yeah, and his sauces and stuff like that plant, are made here but it makes like italian food okay <laughs> guy fieri that's just where they make it fieri. so i hope you guys learned a lot about guy be fieri. respectful also coincidentally enough i believe guy fieri and joey fedon have both had food options at theme parks between fat ones and guy fieri's cluck shack that's not what it's called but he had a chicken finger restaurant at <laughs> disney springs once I hope it's called the Clutch Shack. <laughs> um, the fiery Clutch Shack. So, the Fieri. Speaking <laughs> of clucking, Survivor, there's chickens on it. There sometimes. we go. Way to get, get us back to it. Smooth transition. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about this episode. So we we kick off this episode with your like a traditional marooning. And the the two tribes are, are on the boat hanging out with Jeff, and then we get the boat that comes up with Aubrey, Dave, Joe, and uh, what Wentworth Kelly Wentworth. 
more importantly, though, right before that, Jeff Probst says, a lot of times on Survivor, you're on the edge of being voted out. (laughs) He was so excited. He's edging. He was edging everybody. He's edging. We're talking about edge of extinction. So. And actually, I have a fun fact about the marooning. All right, go ahead. Take it away. I... I don't know if it was before or after the um, people arrived, but Jeff was like doing his normal stuff. He's like, "Oh, what's your name?" And he asked War Dog first, and War Dog's like, "I'm War Dog." And then he, a little bit later, he, or right after, I think, he asked Rick, and Rick goes, "Well, this is embarrassing because I'm also." <laughs> <laughs> Rick's hilarious. I think. I think I missed that. So why? No, they left it out. Oh, they, they left it yeah. out. In the, I saw it on Twitter hilarious. from. Which is so upsetting. Why would they not include that? <laughs> That's so funny. Rick, another oh, fun fact apparently about Rick change. is, you know, we mentioned last week that Rick is famously compared himself to the Kool-Aid man. Um, apparently, from onset accounts from the reporters who were there for the first couple of episodes, or for the, not the first episode, the first couple of days of recording, uh, Rick apparently said that multiple times. So it seems like he really wanted to get that on the air for some reason. <laughs> Because he kept saying well, it. <laughs> Not only that is right before when Jeff on the first challenge was like, Survivor's ready. You just hear a distant, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I think, here's what I want to spin it as. Because Rick seems like he's a pretty smart guy. I think Rick knows that if he mentions, if he becomes known as the Kool-Aid guy from Survivor, he's coming back to, he might not win the game, but he's coming back to a big old crate of Kool-Aid on his front porch. He's <laughs> He's already the Kool-Aid guy to me. Oh, uh, pause. We have a guest calling in. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello? Hello! Hello! What's up? We love Survivor! Hello, caller. What's your name? Hello! My name is Jessica! Oh, my name's Kaylee. Um, I'm Ivan. We love Survivor and we love Snuff. The Survivor Podcast! <laughs> it's the only podcast we get to listen to. We're... I have not even in three days! <laughs> Hello, I have a question about Survivor. Yes. Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> uh, uh, it, I don't know, I'll have to go check. You should catch it! It's <laughs> <laughs> Soviet Russia, we do not have refrigerator. We only have a salt rifle. Hello, do you have a host to ICUP on Snuff, the Survivor Podcast? I'm looking for ICUP. <laughs> I have also heard of the BOFA. <laughs> no, tell me more about this BOFA. I wonder, in, in Russia, we have we have Survivor, but they only speak suck on these. <laughs> Both of these nuts. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, they got us. Oh, no, we're pranked. Uh, Mrs. Snuff? <laughs> Mrs. Snuff? Yes? What happens, Survivor, when they get kicked off island? Do they get killed in Gulag? <laughs> do they die in the many water dangers? And do they have massive cock? <laughs> How big is Survivor cock? Where does the cock go? Is it saved after the we, 
there's only there's Do they have museum for survivor cock? There's not always a cock, it's only sometimes. There, there's not always a cock, only That's sometimes. That's what Quinn said earlier. <laughs> Where's the cock? When did I say you said that? you said sometimes there's chickens. Hey, is there oh, a yeah. survivor contestant named Mr. Come Loud? <laughs> Come Loud. I see you pee. <laughs> say P E N I five L A N D. Pina Island. <laughs> I have C O P D. Survivor coming up we should look into? Yes, keep an eye out for Russian Survivor. Most of contestants are polar bear. <laughs> they have, polar bear also have massive cook. Vladimir Putin usually win and rest are killed. <laughs> Good it to know. Glorious leader, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> that, that, the end of that sentence did sound fully Russian, I gotta say. to our guests uh jessica you have been pranked yeah jessica <laughs> and what was it i know we were pranked we are russian operatives <laughs> oh shucks they all come from inside house this oh, is no. dosh 2.0 this is dosh 2.0 <laughs> Shrek and Kaylee. Goodbye. Goodbye. Shrek. <laughs> Was that good? <laughs> How many people were on that call? It's unclear. It like so five or six. So we're gonna cut that out, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he brings up Jeff Probst. We're just gonna ignore that. Jeff Probst brings up the returnees and then goes down the line explaining why all of them should be voted out in the order. <laughs> What? Essentially, he's like, yeah, yeah. Wentworth's a threat because of this. And, oh, don't forget David and how good he is. Yeah, he did do that. <laughs> and look out! Joe Joe knows how to grow a mustache now, so... Oh, he's so amazing. He is. But he's not this year. This time he's not Joe amazing. He's just good old just Joe. Just ignore, ignore the five or six amazing things he did in this episode. He is not Joe amazing anymore. He's He's... he's regular joe <gasps> that just hit me like a ton of bricks <laughs> <laughs> so ron finds the secret advantage on the boat mm-hmm. which i'm happy about of anyone to get it i really like ron i don't have an opinion on ron 
I uh, I'm interested to see what Ron does. I was excited to see that Ron found the secret advantage. Me too. Um, what what made me laugh about the whole marooning is like as they're leaving away or like boating away. What's it called? Rowing, rowing away. <laughs> what's it? What are boating away? <laughs> Um, there's boat, just boat, like a boat, bunch of like gently down the street. <laughs> <laughs> but as they're like um rowing away, there's just like a bunch of ears of corn just in the ocean now. There's just like vegetables <laughs> yeah. everywhere. I love that they're like, you can have all this food, but you do need to throw it into the ocean first. <laughs> um, I love that. So I, I, I asked Lauren this because I felt like and you heard comments from like the contestants early on too. I feel like they gave them a lot more food this year because I think they want people to be who are on Extinction Island to be even more miserable than they would be usually. <laughs> it just what's like for me, like what's the ecological impact of everything they're throwing into the ocean that they forget to grab? Yeah, like, are those fish gonna die when they eat corn? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's a good point. There is some stuff floating around, some bits floating around in the water. I'm just saying, Survivor could have more to say on global warming. <laughs> that's that's all. Hot take. Mm-hmm. Truly, it's it's they've been just quiet for too long. <laughs> Their uh, silence speaks volumes. So. <laughs> So the uh, contestants boat away. They boat to their new homes. Uh, the Manu tribe and the Kama tribe. Yep, and they do that. <laughs> they do that. The next note, all I have is that um, Aurora is fully planning on leaning on Joe. Oh, I guess she's gay. Yeah, Aurora just kind of drops casually that she's gay. That wasn't brought up at all before. Wait, what? I not, missed that. Did you not hear that? Nope. She was Aurora like, says it's great that Joe's, Joe's here. I'm really glad he's on our tribe. All the girls love him. I'm definitely going to stick around him. I mean, I'm gay, but I love Joe. <laughs> totally missed that. Yeah. Me and Tyler, like, looked at immediately at each other. We're like, oh. <laughs> we were like, we both were like, did not see that coming at all. Nothing about her was like, I just didn't expect it. I just always thought she would be just like a... She was. Well, she's like, what does she do for a living? She like a uh, self divorce lawyer. Divorce lawyer. I don't know. She's even like a no nonsense divorce lawyer. <laughs> I don't know. I guess oh, being gay oh. is nonsense. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I just didn't get. I just didn't get a gay vibe from her. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> it just like when she mentioned it, it didn't seem like that was like I don't know. It just came out of nowhere. No, I was totally surprised. I just didn't get I just didn't get that from her at all. I was surprised. Most of my notes are about Wendy. That's fair. Cause I I that was the part we got wrong. Even she does seem like a lot, but I really like her. I don't. Can't stand her. Really? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shipping I You're not I'm shipping not. who? I was gonna say like I'm not shifting my stance is what I meant to say. Okay, I, well, I found her so I'm, endearing. I I also liked her. I liked her from the first little thing. That's why I kind of wanted her. I definitely wanted her over Reem at the end there. <laughs> but um, she seems very sweet and nice, and I appreciate that about her. Although uh, I don't I don't feel like she's gonna be great at this game. 
but we'll see. Oh, yeah, no, we were, I feel like we were right about that. But, like, the moment when she was like, I got that combo I was yeah. like, I love you, you're great. Yeah, was, she's yeah. she's adorable. Yeah, I agree. This game's gonna part. chew her up and spit her out. <laughs> um... What what happened next? What what do we have next? The next thing I have is that Ron had to dig for his advantage. Yeah, that that seems to be the next thing on here, so we can talk about that. So Ron got the uh, advantage menu. He has three options, and the options are either he can steal reward from the other tribe, or he can use the advantage as an extra vote at tribal, or he can have a regular uh, tr- idol, basically. A, a hit immunity, use it as a hit immunity idol. I think he just uses the menu and just says what thing he wants. I, got, um, I gotta ask, why is Steal a Reward even an option at this point? Well, I think it's like, because this is an early on thing, and there is a time limit on it. I don't know what the time limit is for. That wasn't it, really clear. It's three challenges. Or three, like... Tribals. Tri- three but, tribals, yeah. But is that to... to he can use it... it Whatever he chooses, like if he's like, I wanted the idol, it's only good for the first three weeks. Yeah. Okay. And it's it, it's a different kind of idol because it has to be played before voting. So it's like an immunity necklace more so. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So so that makes more sense. So he could use it, um, worst case scenario, he could use it that third tribal if he's still around. He doesn't need it. Yeah. I think the reason why that's an option, especially early on, uh, the problem is... He is on Joe's team. So he won't... He That is a dumb option to have on there. But if you were on a, a team other than Joe's, then being able to steal reward would be a big deal for your team. And you'd be able to be like, yes, I'm going to take this reward for our team. And then your team is like, yay, we love Ron. That's fair. But then also it's like, oh, so Ron found an advantage. Yeah, exactly. That's always the problem <laughs> with everything that happens on this show is it's always you can never just do something that's good it usually involves something <laughs> negative as well <laughs> so I, I i would take the immunity i feel like that uh, seems like the obvious one for me yeah i would too it's not early enough to need an extra vote yeah i well i think the nice thing is you have it for three weeks and i think that you can just kind of hold on to it and just be like well i just i'll just see what happens and uh, depending on how things shake out, um, you might maybe want to use for some reason that for, for, you know, depending on what, maybe there's a special reward that's really important or that maybe there's um, a vote that you really need that, you know, an extra vote on. There's also a possibility that they don't even go to tribal for the next three weeks because, again, <laughs> Joe is on their team. Joe will slaughter someone if he ends up in tribal council. Yeah, so um, that is probably... I'm interested... It's not as exciting... I'm excited because Ron has it, and Ron seems like a fun character to have advantages, but I feel like he probably won't end up getting a chance to use it for any reason. But we'll see. Yeah, I I think it will end up like... It will be dumb if he ends up using it, because I don't think he's going to be in trouble. No, I don't think so either. The, the next note I have is about Gavin. And Eric. And specifically, what's the most country thing you do? I eat fried pickles. Are those country? Am I crazy? I don't think so. 
I get fried pickles all the time because they're delicious. Yeah, but you, we've always said that you're the redneck of the show. <laughs> is, is that the energy I have? <laughs> yeah. I do sunburn easily, so my neck is frequently red. <laughs> I just like that my team was teaming up. I liked that. Oh, yeah. You have them both. Uh, you want to know the best news, best thing from this episode, though? Mm-hmm. Is that Tyler was the first one to lose somebody. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, we're really jumping ahead, but... Well, I, I don't... I just... I needed to say it. I got excited about it. And I don't think it has ever happened. Okay, but here's but here's what I want to point out, though. I did not want her on my team at all. <laughs> None of us did. So, I almost feel like it's a wash, because I just kind of got stuck with her, and I said verbally multiple times in the shit that I did not want her. That's your excuse. But, Tyler, don't worry. There's a chance she'll come back. I don't want her to. <laughs> I'm like, Tyler, I Tyler, guess I'm excited sh- for her to be. I, I, it's not true. Sh- Tyler, Tyler, it's okay. You it's weird. It's okay, Tyler. You can admit it. <laughs> no, it's it's weird. It's funny because I like on the one hand, I don't really want her back in the game because I'm like, <laughs> but at the same time, I do kind of want her back because she was so ridiculous. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. I, I love that she annoyed people because she was like, she just kept moving their stuff which would real get that would piss me off too yeah she was just me my I, my mom called me today and we were talking about it and she was like criticizing reem and i was like mom would you not also over mom everybody <laughs> or do i not know you at all well i love that one she tells uh keith right away um hey. don't i was calling uh, jesse <laughs> what I, almost, I thought his name was Jesse. Who? It's not I, even a Jesse. I know. <laughs> he feels like a Jesse to me. He's just got a Jesse face. Yeah. But how could I forget that his name was Kate? <laughs> um. So, Kate. The famous uh, movie starring Jesse McCartney. Yes. Uh, Keith is like, oh, you kind of remind me of my mom. And she's like, don't you fucking dare say that. <laughs> She was so mean, and then she, and then he was like, "Oh," and then she was like, "You better fucking man up, bitch." And then she was like, "I'm yeah. gonna teach you how to swim." Also, though, which was nice. And it's funny because it's it's on the one hand, like Reem seemed like she's like it's not that I think Reem is a bad person. I don't, but she just seems very intense. Yeah, and that's best exemplified by when she's walking around camp. Because she found out that she she might be going home. And she's walking around camp holding a machete and pointing it at people. <laughs> As she talks about not wanting to go home. She's like, she's like, I think we need to vote for Kelly. And David's like, hey, why don't you put the machete down? <laughs> the, the, the guy who got second place on Survivor Amazon, he was known for just like, sitting around camp and constantly sharpening his machete. And just, like, he had, like, these creepy eyes, and people were, like, afraid of him. That's why they didn't vote him out. Because they were too afraid to vote him out, because he just had a machete always. That's so scary. <laughs> but I, I did feel bad for Keith, Wendy, and Reem, because, or especially Wendy and Reem a little bit, because everyone's like, great, we'll just vote them out because they're not here. And I'm like, oh, they're just trying to teach him how to swim. Yeah. They're just being nice. Yeah, well, that was, and they're like, oh, well, they're they're obviously friends with each other. And I was like, all right. But, and, and now, now this is also bad, but I do, I, I, I it, it wasn't, 
that they were they saw those three off on their own and were like, we should vote those three out because they're <laughs> teaching Keith how to swim or <laughs> anything like that. I think they said, they, they said okay, well, especially because Joe is on the other team, we need to keep our tribes strong if we want any chance of, of staying out of uh, uh, tribal. Mm-hmm. And just, to, just coincidentally, we have one of the older people on the tribe, uh, a kid who can't swim... <laughs> And a girl with Tourette's all over there. But, so they were just like, well, I guess, I don't know, those three are kind of off of their own. We're all together. Like, we got to get rid of them. And to be fair, get... David is also on the tribe, and David can also not swim well. Well, that's true. But um, I, I don't really have anything else to say about that. But he just <laughs> happened, he wasn't over there with Keith, so... Maybe if he was getting swimming lessons too, Kelly Bumper would have been like, let's take him out. But I think that there's something, although I think David already says in the, in the preview episode that he might want to get out, Kelly. But I think that's like, if I'm somebody who is on like a returning season as a contestant, I probably wouldn't want to get rid of the other people who are also returning contestants, you know? like Oh, for sure. I would want them around just at least to take the target off of you so you're not the sole focus of people... Saying, oh, we got this person who's from a previous season, you know? Yeah, because the only things that ever happen to returning contestants is they make the finals or they're voted off in the first three weeks. That's yeah. pretty much the only two ways it goes. So what what else happened on here that we can talk about? They had the whole immunity challenge. Well, let's, before we get there, wait, was this after? I think this was before. Um, there was a, a moment that I did like with David where... <laughs> He talked about how the first time he was on the show, he was really afraid of everything and big loud noises, and he didn't like people chopping things. And then uh, while he's having the conversation, he's saying, like, in the confessional, but now I'm seen as, like, a mentor to these people who haven't done this before. And they literally, not only do they have him doing that voiceover, but they demonstrate it by having footage of him reacting terrified to somebody chopping a piece of bamboo <laughs> and then immediately walking over to help them with it. And it was like, oh, David got over his fears a little bit. He's like, still still jumps like a little baby, <laughs> but he goes to help. That's part of his charm. Yeah, that's one of his... Uh, it, it's definitely something that he's uh, apparently grown upon. David is the one of the returning contestants that I did not see his season, so I don't know much about him. So He's fun. I like him. I'm excited for him to unleash his insane fake advantages. <laughs> Is it weird that, like, we didn't watch his season, but seeing his legs made me think he looked familiar? <laughs> what? Lauren! <laughs> what? This is getting way too into your character right now, I think. No! I wasn't saying, oh, his legs You're like, are so calves. hot. But no, no, but no, but I just mean, I guess it's the fact that you were, you were focusing on his legs at all. Really, really short, short. No, I, I also did take a peek. <laughs> right. well, I wasn't looking at David's legs. They were just right the there. Only one. They were so small. <laughs> Thank you. It was as if like a potato with two things in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why I noticed it, because they didn't match his body. You're like, that's not a good support system. I know. <laughs> Gonna but need I, some buttresses in there or something to keep I, it I feel like I, I glanced at his legs, and I was like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't know him so well. I guess Lauren, Lauren recognizes the legs. I've seen his legs. legs. <laughs> 
But, um... L- Lauren watched all of Millennials versus Gen X, but didn't realize because the top half was covered <laughs> yeah, of the TV. She, she, she only saw the bottom part of Millennials versus Gen X. The lower third of the screen. Was it on two seasons or just that one? Just that one. He's the only one who's not coming back for their third time. Uh, then I don't know. Apparently I just, I don't know. Maybe you know him from his writing career on Family Guy? Yeah. And Super Ninjas? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, he probably played a leg double on Super Ninjas. He probably played a leg double on Super Ninjas. There we go. That It all makes sense now. So, the challenge. Let's talk about it. I wrote that it was complicated. There was a lot of steps. I don't. We don't need to go over it, because I don't even know if I'd remember all of the steps of what happened. Kelly well, Wentworth hit her head. That's, That's important. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the the one thing that I was pretty not proud of, but I, I was like, when they were going over all the steps, one of them was like, then you'll have to, cl- one, of your, one of your people on your channel will have to climb a rope and ring a bell. And I'm like, well, Joe's doing that. <laughs> that looked hard. Yeah, of course it did. And it, I think it, Chris it, was the other one. It genuinely feels like they separated the tribe just based off the fact of there would be at least two people on each tribe that could accomplish that task. <laughs> They, it, it basically, the, the big important part of this, there's a lot of levels to it. The most important one, though, was a balancing beam that had, like, three tiers that widened out. So not only did you have to walk across a narrow beam, but then you had to walk up three, like, steps that got narrower as they went up as it well. It looked hard. It looked really difficult. And what I actually, well, this is probably my, also my favorite part of the challenge, is the fact that, like, there basically was a stick that you could use to basically flip open the thing. So it was basically a a narrow bridge instead of a balancing beam. Uh, But it was tied up with a bunch of knots. So somebody had to get across, like either everybody could try to get across the balancing beam would be really hard, or you just try to get as many people over and and trying to untie those things as possible, which I thought was a really like neat challenge idea. Yeah. Like Um, like you have to be good at one part to make it easier for everybody else. Yeah, and like the more people who could get over the hard part, the faster you can get everybody else over. Mm -hmm. Um, And 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 even though they had about three people get over, and they because they were falling a little bit high, Kelly kind of just makes this like split seeming decision to go as fast as she can across the thing, and she gets about halfway through and then falls, and it, it looked like to me what happened was she. Fell, landed in the net, then bounced back up and hit the beam. Is I, that, I, I wasn't is that what I? I think that's what attention. I. Uh, that's what I thought happened. Do you know? Um, no. <laughs> we'll trust you. Yeah, and uh, she kind of got a gash on her head, but it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. It looked like raised. It looked like a bump, which I thought was probably the worst part. But it didn't seem like it was cut too bad. Just, I, I, I want a big old goose egg for the rest of the season. <laughs> Kelly Gooseworth. I mean, someone got to the final three on crutches one season. Or, like, more sticks, but <laughs> she did it. So anything could happen. Uh, Lauren also liked watching them go over so, the net part at the beginning because she, <laughs> it seemed like chaos. And they were, Lauren was like, they really should have had a plan before they did that. Because <laughs> there's just a bunch of people, like, sliding into each other through a net. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? When they had the... Yeah, the first part where they all had yeah. to like run in the the nets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they all should have picked a level. <laughs> it would have been a lot easier. I'm watching the beam part again, so I'm looking to see what happens. 
when Wentworth got reamed by the beam. The beam ream. Uh, reamed tried to use the beam. Yeah, she tried to be like, I'm not, I'm not the weakest one. Kelly hit her head. You know, which is just a great point, really. Right. Oh, Reem, oh my god, I can't wait to get the triple. Can we, can we Uh, get there? Well, well, I'm trying to think if there there was anything else I want to play. Oh, okay, so, so, Joe's team wins, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, it's really that that part of the challenge though that changed everything, right? Because uh, it was just David by himself for a long time. Then people started coming, and then Kelly goes really fast, uh, hits her head. Um, but Jeff throws the flint at Joe, and Joe makes the most beautiful catch I've ever seen. Really, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing a really bad job of not seeming amazing. There was also it was cut from the episode, but something that happened in the show is that um, during the marooning, they had a buoy that was really far away that had canned food o- under it, and somebody could go get that. And of course, Joe jumped in and swam to the buoy, got the canned food, and brought it back for his tribe. Of <laughs> but they cut it from the show. Um, so there's that as well. Um, so let's get into the politics that are happening at the, um, uh, trying to figure out which one is which. Was it Manu or Kaka? Uh, Manu goes to tribal. What's the other one? Was that right? I feel like it was wrong. It's Kama and Manu. Is there actually, as far as, uh, as far as survivor tribe names go, these are not that bad. But will they've I, been worse. <laughs> they're so indistinct. I will never remember them. All right here, I'm watching Kelly go across the beam again. Okay, so she's standing on the thing, and she's not really sure if she wants to go. And then she just starts running, and then she yeah, she falls off, and either she, uh, I think the angle is bad, but it looks to me like she's still like she bounces back up off the thing and hits her her head on it. Okay, it could it could have been when she fell? Maybe she hit it first. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's hard but to it's tell. Like, the angle's not great. It does well, how she did it doesn't matter. She hit her. Head. It's very Lauren. It's very important that we it's that really we tell our listeners exactly how it happened. So, Lauren, do you want to describe the physics behind what he ha- what happened happened? Uh, gravity is nine point <laughs> two. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, yes, Lauren, yeah, gravity is nine point two. <laughs> Isn't that what it is? It's it's a, just a number. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a the gravi- gra- gravitational pull is a number. Let's talk about what happens once Manu loses and has to go to tribal. So, um, already we've seen that they they kind of targeted the three that were kind of off on their own, and and like I said, it's I think it's it was much more trying to keep the, the tribe strong than let's get rid of these three. <laughs> Um, but one of the best gameplay moments, I think, in the game. The so acceleration far. of gravity is 9.8. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. Me and Quinn have to give Lauren credit because she was very close. <laughs> Do we? Yeah. Yes. Said, what was the number you said, Lauren? You were close. I said you didn't 9. get it right, 2. but you were close. Yeah, 9.2. It's 9.9. You're pretty close. It was 9.8. I give you. I give you props. I can't let Lauren have a win. <laughs> Lauren, Lauren knows what, what number gravity is. <laughs> but does she know how many Academy Award nominations gravity received? Too many. Yeah, that's a good answer. Too many. 
Boys. <laughs> I saw it. It's the only movie I've ever seen in 3D and I actually liked. That's... Oh, I thought you were saying it was the only movie, <laughs> movie you ever saw in 3D. No, it was the only good 3D movie I've ever seen. Well. What? Um, say your words. That clarifier I don't agree with. <laughs> well, maybe you didn't say it in 3D, but Coraline was really good in 3D. All stop motion movies look great in 3D. No movie's ever looked good in 3D. Except stop for gravity. Mo- stop motion does. Because it's... Yeah, but... It looks plot. really good in 3D. I like Like it. Kubo and the Two Strings. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a gravity podcast later. <laughs> yes, gravity is responsible for Alfonso Cuaron winning a... Um, Academy Award and for Kelly Wynn for hurting her head. And that is... So, Re- so Reem and Wendy corner Keith and Rick to get rid of Lauren and Kelly. Um, I, I saw Lauren and Kelly coming because like, all of Lauren's interviews were like, oh my god, I love Kelly Wentworth. So right. like, you could tell. She'd be a little sheep. Yeah, she would fall in line right away. Although, Lauren was surprised at how much she liked Lauren. I know, I, I do like Lauren. I'm team Lauren. I also I also Shocker. like Lauren. I picked Lauren because she just seemed like a lot of fun when I watched uh, the interview with her. She seemed like a nice person, so and I like her. How's that Lauren spelled? I think exactly the same as our Lauren. U R I N. That made me laugh so hard. That's wait, what? Oh, that's how they spelled it in the tribal. That's how Wendy spelled it. Aw. So yeah. They, like, corner Rick and uh, Keith at the water fountain, and then Keith escapes and goes and tells everyone else. This was such a great gameplay move for Keith, though. It was. Yeah. And then they sent... Go ahead, Lauren. Thank you. (laughs) And then they sent a spy to go talk to Wendy to try and figure out what her game plan was, but she had just told Keith what the game plan was. Why? I don't know why they needed to send a spy. Well, because... Because I, I think they wanted to find out for sure. And Keith is Keith is the one who told him that they needed to send somebody to make sure that that wasn't a lie. You know what I mean? Because Keith wasn't really in the inside. But I, I think this gameplay move was so great for Keith. Because he's sitting around. It's it's Rick, Reem, Wendy, and Keith. And they're he standing around. He knows that that is a losing <laughs> combo. <laughs> right. He sees, he sees that Rick is obviously knows what's going on. And he sees that Wendy and Reem are talking. You can actually see his eyes in the episode shifting back and forth, watching the conversation. <laughs> and he goes, um, this is bad. These guys are going to get voted out tonight, and I cannot be a part of this. So he runs back to the other side of camp, and he goes, hey, uh, Wendy and Reem are trying to get you guys, uh, trying to get Kelly and uh, uh, Lauren out. They're, they want to target them because they think they're too close. And then that gets confirmed. Um, and then they send out David and, or was it David and Wardog? Yeah. Wait, oh, I was gonna say who's David, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, you might remember him from his legs. <laughs> but, but they start talking to Wendy, and she just straight up says, I think we should get rid of Kelly and, uh, or Lauren, I think they're the, the two, and so does Reem, and they're like, well, we're thinking about voting out Reem, and she goes, well... Okay, but I'm going to vote with Reem anyways, so do whatever you kids want, but I'm voting with Reem. And then Wardog goes, uh, okay. Which, that was <laughs> a bad move. as soon move. as he walks away, she, he goes, well, I almost got to think we should just vote up Wendy, because she's just not even interested in working with us at all. 
That was a very bad move for Wendy, which is weird because what's so weird about Wendy and Reem both is they both are proclaimed super fans. Mm-hmm. So why would they not play better? Yeah, why are they immediately separating themselves and then being stubborn and unwilling to work with people? I I think that this is first day jitters. I, I get the vibe from Reem that she was not comfortable and just immediately started shifty and making doing weird things and moving people's stuff everywhere right she put a huge target on her back because she just kept like being like the you can do the weird stuff like moving moving the stuff around but you also then can't like start throwing out names for tribal and stuff like that and I think that it was just like a combination of things where like once she knew the heat was on her, she turned up the gas instead of like, you know, like, like, yeah. Okay. So that's a good example. It's like if your oven's on and your gas had been running and you didn't realize it, and instead of turning up, you turned it up more and then lit the gas. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically what Reem did. Yeah. I, she, I was almost not as severe, but almost a Jacob Derwin. Yeah. But, well. Just the idea of a It was more entertaining. Yeah. Because I loved... She was talking about how she isn't the weakest person, and then she kept showing... uh, uh, Bringing up Kelly and all this stuff. And then she was like, what do you want me to do? Like a wrestling match? (laughs) And then Rick goes, hey, Jeff, is that something we can do? (laughs) (laughs) I think Rick is going to make me laugh a lot throughout the season. He's had some very funny lines already in this episode alone. It's just, it's interesting Reeves target to single out as the weak one is the very strong girl. Right. Like, Like, there were other options. And yeah, not only it, just like physically, but like everything about Kelly is is strong. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I I think the question is like, I it, the problem is she wasn't really thinking of this logically. I think she has like a one track mind. A part a part of me thinks based on like what I've seen only in this episode, but she basically gets this thing into her head where she says, uh, "I want Kelly out. She's the biggest threat." She starts telling everybody that, realizes that she's on the chopping block, and then she's on the cho- when she finds out she's on the chopping block because she might be the weaker link in the team, doubles down on trying to make Kelly the weak link, which she's not, but just keeps using that logic of like, well, if that's what we're getting out, we got to get out the same person I want to get out. It's like, no, you got to change tact and maybe go, okay, you're right. Maybe we should get out Wendy. But then you're losing somebody who's on your who is potentially an ally for you. So I get why she wouldn't want to do that. But hey, uh, their, were their clothes dry though? Right. Apparently, this tribal council was very long. What, by what, the way, and it was all this. What's crazy about it to me is it was like so singularly, Reem is going home. But then the vote was, it was wild. all over the place. Right. We didn't do even we want to break cool tribal set is oh it's very cool i didn't look at it at all honestly well they even did this thing Uh they did it they did this new thing that i hadn't noticed them do before where when they entered tribal they just went to these like fading in and out black and like like fade in blackout fade in blackout shots of the tribal set 
just of the cool images that you see. Like, even the voting block and, like, all this kind of stuff. They were just kind of showing you, like, look how badass this set is. And it worked. It was very cool. And it looked like it was much more open air than usual, which was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. It won't be um, when it's raining. Well, which it did, I think, by the end of this tribal. <laughs> what else was cool um, about this whole thing? Uh, oh, the the um, snuff torch is fucking cool as hell right this year. Is it different? Yes, it is a dragon's claw oh. holding oh, on okay. to like the 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 urn. So it's like it looks like Jeff is holding like he's holding the stick, but on the stick is a dragon's arm, and it, like the paw is around the snuff thing, and that's what he uses to put it out. It's really cool. When you said snuffer. My mind went the torches, and I was like, I always thought they used the same one of those. It's just your run-of-the-mill tiki. Now, this is filmed in Fiji, too, but there's much more of, like, the the look of it is much more, like, Asian-inspired this season. I don't know what that's all about. Am I crazy, or... Um, I don't know a lot about pandas Fiji. are on the edge of extinction. Oh, okay. And that we, makes sense. We really need to do better. Oh, that's a, that's a cool thing I want to bring up. Um, the... There's something really neat about this season. Like, we talked about it on the last episode. Extinction Island is the big twist this year. And the season is called Edge of Extinction. And Jeff did that thing where at the beginning of the morning, he said the name of the season. He said, this is Survivor Edge of Extinction. And nobody knows the twist or what that means. As far as everyone's concerned, this is just a normal season of Survivor. But then they're sitting around camp, and Joe and the guys are going like, what do you think that means? Like, Joe's like, it means something. Yeah. There's something going on here. But, I missed like, that conversation. What is it? Me, me no, too. It was a, no, yeah, it was a really fun conversation where Joe, like, specifically went, like, everything means something. Like, he was like, there was a reason he said that, and I don't know what it is yet. But he definitely used that, for, like, the, there's a reason it's called Edge of Extinction, but I just don't know why yet. And I thought that was kind of a cool conversation, because it showed that Joe was thinking, like, Ahead. Like, he's like, I knew yeah. that was weird, and I need to figure out why. I mean, I, it know. makes sense, because it's, like, gotta be. Yeah. It's such a specific title. Yeah. But, yeah, so, why why do you think Wendy got so many votes? I think, do you think they were splitting in case one of them had an idol? May I guess, but, Is like... You're, you're the two things Wendy that I've worked on. Either it's, either it's that, or... The there is already a split in the tribe, and the four who voted for Wendy thought, or the four that voted for Reem thought Reem was the target, and the four who voted for Wendy went with War Dog's plan to vote out Wendy. And there was not a succinct communication as to who should have gone home. Uh Um, I I thought it was very silly for anybody to not vote for Reem. I would have maybe maybe the thought process for those other for those people. I don't. They clearly didn't come up with this at tribal, but. I would almost want to say to everybody, she's actually piling onto herself so much, maybe she wants us all to vote for her. <laughs> like, that's the only oh, thing I can think of. Because, yeah. like, it, it, but at the same time, nobody ever had a conversation with each other. So, there's, you know, I wouldn't think that would be the reason why. But it's, you know, a possibility that they just thought maybe she has an advantage and that's why she is acting like this. I don't know. Doubling down on everything. But I think it could just be that they've already maybe split into two factions and they just didn't realize it because everybody was focused on Reem. But there's a group that's voting one way and a group that's voting another way. Uh, I, I like... We'll see. 
I like how even Wendy and Reem didn't communicate enough to vote together. I know. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That was really... See, that really just goes to show how out of the... Like, that, like in the weeds they were. Like, <laughs> seriously. They couldn't even vote for the same person. They were never going to win, but why put votes on Wendy and... Or not... Why put Wendy votes on Lauren and Kelly when you could have just done it on... Both like both vote for Kelly or both vote for Lauren. Like I don't get what they were thinking there. It's sometimes it's enough just to tank someone's chance at a perfect game by having them get a vote on them right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I may have gotten voted out first, but at least I ruined Kelly Wentworth's perfect game. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, actually, I'm pissed because. Okay. <laughs> what they're doing for Edge of for Extinction Island is exactly how Ghost Island should have felt. This was yeah, finally right. spooky. It yeah. was shot. It was shot very much like Ghost Island should have been. So once Reem gets voted out, we see her walking down the path. But she, when says, I really, she it, says, "I hope it pours down rain on these people." <laughs> I Which, love that. Choose your words carefully, Reem, because where you're going, there's no shelter. <laughs> um. So, so it's really cool. She walks away, and she's bad mouthing it. But then we get a different camera angle than usual, where we see the other side of her walking towards the camera instead of you know following from behind her. And we get this super spooky shot with a lots of fog machine of the sign that says, "You have a decision to make: either go go back to the um, you know follow this. If you don't want to play anymore, follow this path, and your adventure will end. Or take this torch." Follow this path to get back into the game. Take the torch, get in the boat. And then she, of course, says, oh, I went back into this game. Fuck yeah, I'm not done yet. Because I hate my tribe so much. I want to ruin their chances. So she, like, <laughs> kicks up the torch and she heads to the boat. And then we get the creepiest ending to an episode of Survivor ever. <laughs> where so she's good. dropped off on this island. There's, there's a, there, now, I do want to talk about the boat situation. Um, because there's three people in the boat. There's Reem and her torch. There's no other light. There's one guy who's in the back rowing the boat. And then a third guy standing in front of the boat. <laughs> who does not say anything. Uh, he's just dramatically standing on the front of the boat. Yeah. And I thought it was maybe Jeff, but I don't think it was because he doesn't say or do anything. He's the masthead. There we go. That makes sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was. I like how they didn't show us Extinction Island. They just like hinted at it. It's and it and it was great because she gets there and she goes, wait, is this just like there's nothing here, <laughs> like it's just completely empty. And she comes across the little shipwreck area, but there's, you know, they said I think leading up into this, there is no instructions there. There is nothing telling them what's going to happen. They basically just get dropped off on this island. And they have no idea what's going on, and if they want to quit, they can quit, but they're going to stick like it out. I would quit almost immediately. <laughs> see, I think if I was... I would come up and I'd be like, oh, okay, well, that was nice. Well, I don't see any trees. <laughs> My, like, shame of being the first one voted out would keep me just long enough until someone else quit. So yeah. I technically wouldn't be first out. I would... It would suck. Can you imagine, like... So we're... I'm interested to see what happens in the next couple of episodes. But, like, my, how many people... I have a feeling that most people are going to take the option to try to stay in the game. 
At least for a so, little bit. Yeah. So it, it, it they uh, don't. Station Island's gonna get a lot better the more people who show up on camp. Oh, for sure. I like the idea of someone being like so bitter. Like I don't want to see any more of these people and just leaving. Like, not even I, I, going to Extinction <laughs> Island. So, well, part of me, the, the, the two, you and I have to do some terms of logic, because, again, they're not thinking about this concept at all. But, like, let's say, for instance, Kelly Wentworth is walking down a path, because she gets voted out next week, and she's walking down that path, and she sees that sign. Like, it's unfortunate that she doesn't get the thought, do I want to take this and go to an island in the middle of nowhere with just Reem for three days? <laughs> Because that sounds, that sounds like for her, that would be pretty miserable. But as far as she would know, there's not. It wouldn't say that. It just says, take this chance. You, know, and you don't even know if she's going to be there or not. Maybe they just picked her. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't. a different path than Reem. <laughs> Reem right. just took a wrong turn. Reem's still somewhere. <laughs> just How lost. How would it be if it was like the end of that episode of Nathan for you where like Reem just walks on the path like, God, oh, this is ridiculous. And they just like show, like the camera just pans over to the thing and she just walks past it. <laughs> Um, um go ahead oh i was gonna say is that everything should we start doing predictions i think so oh i, well, I do want to say the, the one other thing that i i guess i heard about extinction island like i guess there is stuff hidden around the camp so you could like potentially go looking and you could maybe find some food and you could maybe find some things that are hidden around the island but there's no instruction so unless you think to go do that there's nothing there to tell you to go look for stuff. You know what I mean? Like, they don't know what's going on. It's, it's hard to overstate how interested I am into finding out what the food situation's gonna be. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see... And, like, I'm excited the for a couple of things with Extinction Island. One, I'm excited to just see the dynamic of people showing up at that island and not knowing what's going on. I'm excited that they're gonna be cutting to it, like, in the middle of the season and showing, like, oh, here's what's going on with Reem slowly going mad by herself on this barge. Um, but And I'm excited to see just kind of what happens, like the choices people make. I think that just adds an interesting layer. Although, again, it seems like everybody's just going to go to the Extinction Island. I don't know why you wouldn't. And I'm excited to see, like, you know, does Reem even have a shot to get back in? Because who, who ends up on that island with her? Is she going to be the one who has the best shot at getting back? Like, we don't even know how you get back at this point. So it's, mm -hmm. it's interesting. But... It's also going to be interesting, I think, when somebody returns to the game and they have no idea that that was even a thing. And I think that'll be kind of fun to see. I, I, get, I just, this is the first time I've been concerned about an actual survival situation on Survivor. <laughs> right. At least since, like, the first season when that was, like, a big part of it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, someone could come back in the game, but are they getting enough of their daily iron? <laughs> That's what I want to know. What 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 if Jeff shows up and he goes, "This challenge, this reward is for uh, an iron shot. You're iron deficient. Whoever wins this gets iron." <laughs> we have some fish oil gummies, <laughs> but only for the winner of this challenge. <laughs> I do feel like it's going to be a lot of them maybe trying to get people to quit because I feel like that's the goal. I don't think they want all of the contestants from the entire season so far there. I'd like to see some strategy. Like, somebody there convincing other people to quit. Yeah. That, I think somebody suggested that on a podcast I was listening to, that, like, what if 
that was it. Like, what if the only way you can get back into the game if you're the only person on the island? So you basically have to, like, odd couple people out of the Extinction Island. Like, you just gotta, like, try to make everybody miserable so they quit. <laughs> oh, so Which we have kind of a fun. great chance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's gonna get back in uh, by attrition. Just by doing their laundry. Moving their stuff around. That is annoying. One of the things that... Because she kept moving their stuff because, like, they were drying stuff by hanging it on a rod. And she kept breaking it and putting it in the sand <laughs> while it's wet. Just a well thought out plan. <laughs> so, Quinn was right because he guessed that Reem was going to get out. Even though we all kind of knew. Except uh, for me, I fully believed it would be Wendy. I'm so proud of us. Like, this is the closest we've ever been to being right. Like, we got the two highest vote-getters in the first episode. Since when would that ever happen for us? Right, and we literally went, like, they were the, the two people who got the most votes this episode are the two people that we did not want. None of us wanted them to draft. We just got stuck with them. We're really improving. Yeah, we've gotten much better at this. So, what's the title of next episode? Do we know? Yes, we do. The next episode is called, One of Us is Going to Win the War. Okay. I'm gonna say it's Kelly. That's a good guess. Are, are you just stealing my strategy of just learning well, out then my I'm gonna, questions? Then I'm, then I'm gonna say David because I think the war might be between Kelly and David. Oh, I, well, I was to... thinking it was like Lauren and... And when Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Lauren turns her back on Kelly after the first tribal? I'm gonna... I wanted David, so I'm mad you took it. But so I'll say Joe. We'll go for the that, other tribe. That's why I got it in there quick because I always get boxed out of my. You, it's my strategy to win these picks. Just say things first. <laughs> Who do you think's uh, voted out? Hmm. That's I'm not sure on actually. I'm, um. Go ahead. I'm I'll just. Go I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Wendy again. That's a solid pick. I'm going to base it off of the preview where David said going for Kelly is a good idea. I think that's going to backfire. So I'm going to say David in a sh like a shocking elimination. I'm going to say um, somebody who looked really terrible on the other tribe and that's Julie <laughs> who seemed to was upset because she got a splitter and also was poorly handling machete it seems like if anyone's getting voted out of that tribe it's gonna be her so I'm gonna say Joe Joe loses for some reason and they end up a tribal and I'm gonna guess it's Julie I just don't think there's a possibility that that team is going to tribal. That's very I don't, fair. I don't either I'm just I'm just hedging my bets. I'm just going going a different direction just for fun and do we guess I anything think, else? I, I think we're right. I think Kelly or David and, and Wendy, I think, are good choices, but I'm going to go with uh, something different. It's it's okay to be wrong. Mm -hmm. We don't get anything from <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get so much gratification, you don't even understand. It's fun, but, like, you know. Anyways. What else do we get? What's another thing we can guess? Is anyone going to find an idol? Because no one yes. found one this episode, which usually happens. Somebody is going to find an idol, I think. Should we guess who? 
It's a mystery. I'm going to say Kelly. I'm going to say... Mm, I'm going to say War I, Dog. War Dog's oh, a good yes. choice. I would say Ron, but I think Ron's going to feel okay about his idol for the, his advantage for the time being, so I don't think he's going to be worried about that. I kind of want to say Joe. That's a solid guess, too. Because yeah, I feel like... I think, it's going to be a returnee or, like, one of the alpha males. Yeah. Right. I, I And I think Wardog just is a good choice for it. Uh, I also... And also, I don't know why, but um, Keith stood out to me for some reason when I was looking around. And I was like, I don't know why I could see Keith maybe stumbling upon one. But I think it's going to be Joe because I think Joe recognizes that, like... Not that he's worried about losing, but that he probably is going to want to find that idol just so he has it. Because mm-hmm. he, he's probably going to need it, you know? Yeah, for sure. But apparently, apparently, pre, uh, pre-game pre stuff, uh, before all the reporters went home, Jeff's like, uh, oh, next week there's going to be a lot of advantages or something. He's like, oh, there'll be a lot of uh, uh, things out there. Um, what's it called? Uh, idols. So Good job. He was all pumped about that. Because he's the he's the opposite of Quinn. <laughs> he loves the But I, Jeff will still love me. Mm-hmm. He's got it. I know he will. <laughs> but he made a comment again about how he's like he's like I don't think he's like people say we should do a season with no advantages. He's like I think that's stupid. Well, I don't think <laughs> I that think either. we should do more advantages. Like I like the early seasons, but they're a little tough to watch. Sometimes. But you don't. But you don't want there to be too much. Yeah, I like Jeff nice wants balance. it. Jeff wants to be on the edge of too much. <laughs> it would be fun having a whole season where everyone just thinks that there's idols and advantages out there. Or a season that... where everyone has an idol, but only one of them's real. Oh, and nobody knows. That would be. Well, I would. I would love. I would no. Actually, I hate this because this would be such a bad. This would be a really bad game. I think, but I because it would just really fuck up the whole dynamic of the show. But what if everybody was told that they're starting with a with a a um a uh fucking. I think you could do the whole thing with advantages. But what if you started everybody with an idol? And so everybody had an active idol. And they all were like, you have been randomly selected to receive this idol. But everybody has one. And then you just see how far into the season before everybody realizes they all have an idol. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, like, because apparently, you know, the person who goes home first might not play their idol. Maybe Reem should have. Reem probably would have been able to realize that she needed to. But, but, ooh, or what if half of them have idols and half of them have idol nullifiers? <gasps> that's, that's something I am interested in. Yeah. Um. But, so, I think that's all we have to predict, right, Lauren? Yeah. Um, alright. So that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Do you guys want to talk about your stuff? Stuff? Like, do you, like, plugs? Don't you guys do another podcast? There, there's a few in this room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so dumb. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So I have a Twitter. <laughs> Did you forget? Yeah. <laughs> At uh, Mala Turnout. M O L I 
turn up. Um, if you hadn't forgotten that I'm a, a co-host of this episode for how little I'm talking this whole time. To- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a Twitter. It's at underscore Quinn Latifah. And the two of us have a podcast called One Star. And it's about bad movies. It's at One Star Movies. I don't know why I'm saying movies Twitter. like that, but I am. <laughs> hey, the movie. The movies. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm patiently waiting for the Sucker Punch episode and the Suicide Squad episode. Well, well only one of those have been, has been recorded. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited for both of them. So the one, well, don't get your hopes up. It's, well, we won't tell you which, though. <laughs> we won't tell you which, <laughs> There's, we're not going to tell you one, but, which one, but one is almost out and the other one has not been scheduled <laughs> does not does, exist does not exist the podcast um, does not exist <laughs> so uh speaking of podcasts that don't it's exist podcast. uh i'm starting a show called tim and tyler learn a lesson where me and tim Walsh uh watch how long are you gonna promote that before it's an actual thing well we've got two episodes recorded do so you, we're getting there except for that one no we just did another one yesterday yeah I've recorded a podcast every day for like a week. Um, so that is uh, that is hopefully coming soon, but I figured I'd bring that up first because of the good segue. I also have a show called Generation Animation where we talk about cartoons. There's an Oscar special out right now, so you can watch that before the big game this Sunday. Um, we talk about all the animal ones, and we talk about how we all want Spider-Man. <laughs> the Oscars? I didn't get that for a second. <laughs> that I said the big game. I was like, a game? <laughs> um, and then uh, I've got a show called The Silver Screen Breakdown with me and Zach Kindren where we talk about new movie releases. Uh, we have our own reward, award show called The Breakies coming up uh, the week after the Oscars. Uh, we, we're doing How to Train Your Dragon 3 first. And then we're doing our big award show. So look for that. It's coming up. And uh, that's a fun show to listen to. Um, and my Twitter is at Tyler Malterno. Our Twitter for this show is at SnuffedPod. Hey, hey, right? yeah. Hey, Tyler. Is a lesson you're going to learn on Tim and Tyler Learn a Lesson is how to not pick, have the person first voted out on your team? Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh, oh, I've been oh. roasted! I've okay, been goodbye. pranked! And we're gone! <laughs> <laughs> I was I ba- I did back up away from the mic as I was saying it. Just, you, just back and forth. Go. <laughs> <laughs>